Welcome to another episode of IC Data People. We're here with Scott Cohen, the founder and CEO of Jackson AI, where he's built tools to improve and streamline data science work. Prior to Jackson, Scott founded multiple successful technology and software development companies. Scott, welcome to IC Data People. Thank you, Evan. Good to be here. Thrilled to have you. And so, Scott, um, given that you've built numerous technology tools over the years throughout your career, um, you've recently begun to really focus in on the data and AI world with Jackson. I'd love to know how your background set you up to start an AI company and, and what prompted you to do so. Fourth, to put a number on it, it sounds like I've done dozens the way you're positioning it. I would love to have done dozens so far, uh, four right now. So the last company, Big Rio, which is still a thriving data science operation, was caught up in the whole first wave of deep learning, which started in 2012, when the first ImageNet competition happened that a team came in and beat human parity on recognizing images. That kind of tipped things off. So we were running with that wave. And then Christmas 2015, Alexa came out. And that was all the, the rage. And we jumped on that bandwagon 2016, beginning of 2016, found some customers to bring it to. And Amazon you know, was all hungry to get apps into their store. So they were joining us in these meetings and we kept running into this divide around training Alexa to talk intelligently about certain more nuanced domains than what it can handle out of the box. Like, you can schedule something or order something or play music, but to have something that's more in tune with the company uh, required training data. And Amazon pointed to their team of crowdsourced human data labelers to build up enough training data to train the natural language understanding inside of Alexa. And so Greg Harmon, who's, you know, co-founder here with me at Jackson. He was a co-managing partner with me at Big Rio. We decided that there had to be a better way. We thought that machine learning itself could turn on itself and help with this labeling task. Turns out we're right. And you know, fast forward, what is it now? Seven years later, it's almost to the point where the AI can do all the labeling for you. But that was the impetus behind it. We, we started building Jackson inside of Big Rio. That company got acquired in 2019 and we did an IP assignment out, jumped over and been focused on it since. Amazing. And I can totally relate with the notion that uh, if you don't have the right data and it's not labeled right, you just don't have the right AI systems to make it work. Um, and I think you work with the defense apparatus and also tech companies. What's the key differences in working with those two uh, very distinct users? Actually, I was asked this question yesterday. I was at an MIT event and I was in a panel discussion and someone in the crowd asked the same question. Actually, working with DOD and defense in general has been great. The, the working relationship is there. There's a lot of transparency in so far as what they want. Uh, their use cases are drastically different. Their use cases require accuracy levels that some industry folks don't. I guess that's the biggest difference is that if you're talking about sentiment analysis for marketing and attribution and you know, consumer oriented applications, it doesn't have to be right. It just has to be good enough to impact your you know, return on ad spend if that's what you're trying to do. 
with defense, you, you, you know, more rigid validation and accuracy levels have to, have to be much higher. And if they're not, then a human has to stay in the loop. So Scott, you, uh, you've looked at a lot of tools out there for, for the defense industry, for, for private, private sector companies. Um, obviously there's a lot out there in the machine learning and, and data world these days, but besides GPT, what do you think are the most exciting machine learning and data innovations that you've seen recently? Well, actually, I just uh, wrote a blog post on this this morning. Uh, one that I'm super excited about is called Hyena, and it's coming out of Mila and Stanford. Mila is the, or formerly known as the Montreal Institute for Learning Algorithms. We did a, an accelerator up there called Creative Destruction Lab. Yoshua Bengio, who is one of the you know, grandfathers of, of AI, Turing Award winner. He is behind both. And this is taking an approach to how GPT is working really well, but falling short when it gets a lot of data that it has to process. And the way people are solving that right now is they just keep throwing compute power at it. Transformer models, which is what GPT is, have been around for a few years now. BERT was the first one that came out of Google. And it was, you know, very, uh, it was a big change for the AI industry when that came out because it was bi-directional on, on the data. It would look at, say, natural language, both forward and backwards. And the attention layer that they brought in was very novel at the time. Um, the issue is that that becomes a bottleneck for processing. So without going too deep into, you know, the, the technical jargon, the issue is they just keep getting bigger and bigger and they need to put more and more compute power on it. So how can we have that same level of very impressive accuracy that we're seeing with ChatGPT, but not need to keep spending so much on compute, which is you know a costly proposition. It's bad for the environment. I, I, uh, we recently wrote a blog post on that for Earth Day, but more importantly, or those are all important too, uh, Equally importantly is that as we want to have these AI systems help with more and more data, larger and larger data sets being thrown at them, you don't want this to be the, the bottleneck. So Hyena coming out of Mila and Stanford is one of the most innovative things I've seen in the past couple of months. And there've been a lot that's come out in the past couple of months. You, you've mentioned that a little bit, but there are really powerful names right now in the industry and utilizing AI, building new AI tools. What have you seen, which is the most powerful uh, insight created from data or AI? Uh, this one actually goes back to when we were doing a lot of work with health systems and, and hospitals. You're going to laugh at the, the results of this, but they were analyzing productivity of the nursing staff and the you know, support staff in general. And um, they were tracking movements as well. You know, they had the ability to see where people were going on the floor, to see where there was a lot of waste. Uh, Evan, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but one of my favorite books is The Machine That Changed the World. It's a couple of MIT professors that went over to Toyota and they analyzed how cars were being built inside their factories. And they noticed that the cars were being wheeled from one location to the next, and it wasn't a straight line. 
So they would, you know, put on the, the, the frame would go down, then they'd wheel it over and put in the engine or whatever the, the actual steps are. And so the, this uh, team came up with the concept of lean thinking, you know, streamlining the process of creating cars by putting it on a line and putting your suppliers close to the factory and your distributors on the other side. Um, so this relates to that. So there is this uh, nursing floor where a fax machine was broken. So the nurses would have to walk from one desk all the way up the hall to another to send a fax. And faxes are still used in, in hospitals. That's how they communicate with other hospitals. Oftentimes it's digitizing as we speak, but still. So that was the big bottleneck. And they recognize using the, the data and the analytics that there's a pattern here that keeps happening and what's going on. And they got to the bottom of it that if they just fix that fax machine, they could get X percentage more productivity out of the nursing staff. That's what I'm going to pick. That, that's a great one. And uh, I'm still surprised they use fax in hospitals and uh, <laughs> government uh, agencies. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, well, it is a fax machine even, right? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't born when the fax machine was operating. Uh, let, let's turn it around a little bit. What, what's your most controversial opinion? All right. Well, a hot opinion right now is that AI is going to take over the world. We're all doomed. I have no fear at all. Like right now, the AI is contained inside of my laptop, at least the one I'm working on. I close the lid. It's not doing anything. The fear is that it can get into the networks and like start building things on its own and controlling the power grid. And yeah, those are concerning. Um, I do have a little faith in, in uh, governments to keep control over uh, those types of issues. So yes, that has to happen. I'm, I'm not saying we don't need control. I'm saying I have comfort that we're going to have the right control and that AI is not something to fear. It's something to embrace. And the way I see it playing out is that they're going to be our assistants. We're, we're all going to have our own individual AI assistants, and they're going to all make our lives that much better. They're not going to go for a dominance play. All right. Well, we now know you're, you're not afraid of AI, but uh, you, let's make you prognosticate a little bit about if it's not AI eating the world, um, how, how is the, the data in AI world going to change in the next five years? I thought you were going to ask where where would I be afraid if there are, are um, bad actors that are in control of these powerful AI systems, they can do a lot of damage. So definitely have to be aware of that. Um, where I see things going is kind of like what I was just saying about everyone's going to have their own AI agent. I see a world where there's kind of like the AT&T of AI where they're communicating with each other and there's a you know central through way or freeway for communication and collaboration and um, they're just going to be a part of our society this is great scott i i think you know we've learned a lot here about about the the your vision for the ai and machine learning world um i think you know a lot of the folks who listen to ic data people think a, a lot about the the data that goes into those models so thank you so much for being a guest on ic data people awesome Thank you so much for having me.